Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Broker Report. Player Ratings podcast is Gav back once again after some defeat. Not one I particularly care about, but we will get into that. And I'm joined by Connor and Malk. Connor, how are we doing? Good. Yeah, I enjoyed the game even though we got beat, but yeah, it was yeah. alright. A useful exercise. Uh, Malk, how are you? Yeah, I'm good and similar feelings, you know. Um, in, in your little man cave, I see. Correct, yeah. Yeah, this is where I was uh, for the last pod that we recorded. That's why you can hear the fireworks so loud. But, uh, <laughs> you know. The Mobile Roker Report Studio. Well, call it. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to quickly run over the game tonight, which, to be honest, I don't want to talk about in too much detail. Sunderland lost to Fleetwood Town in the Papa John's Trophy. Some are calling it the Pizza Trophy. Uh, either way, there's a bit of a joke. I wish I could say the same for the result. I mean, on paper, 2-1 against Fleetwood Town on the back of losing the Mansfield doesn't look great, but you have to take into account quite a lot of things. One being that Sunderland were completely in control going into the second half before three defensive injuries really caught up with us uh, and Fleetwood got the second goal uh, and that's kind of where it all came crashing down for Sunderland. But we did start well. We were in possession of the ball uh, for most of the half. Great little finish from from McFadzie uh, to open the score and would hit the bar a few minutes in from Oliver Younger. It all fell apart once we started getting injuries, unfortunately, and... Younger was the first to go just before half-time. He'd had a brilliant half for me uh, on his Sunderland debut. And, uh, yeah, then second to go was McFadzian. And third to go, I think, was Kieran Dunn, who came on for Younger. It was it yeah. was all a bit confusing. We made three subs and they were all defensive injury changes. And, uh, yeah, it basically played into Fleetwood's hands. They, they, they had two good chances, took both their goals and controlled the second half from that point. And to be fair to the to the Sunderland players, we never really gave up. It was just one of those things. We completely lost our momentum, and unfortunately, uh, it wasn't to be. But it isn't an important result. Both teams go through regardless. The only thing that matters is that because we lost, we have an away game next time out. But, Connor, do you care? How do you feel about all, all of what you've just watched? I, I didn't particularly... I wasn't bothered about the result. I was just sort of glad to see some of the younger players play. I think the first 45 minutes sort of justified the fans' feelings that at least some of these players should be given a bit more of a chance in the league games. And certainly the creativity that we showed in the first half and the pressing game we pretty much showed all game is sort of much better than what we're seeing in the league performances at the minute. So I think a lot of the players tonight can be happy with their work and can certainly think that they can, you know, knock on the door. And there's no reason why a Dan Neal can think that he can't get ahead of a George Dobson or a Max Power because 
he's shown again tonight that he is mm. as good, if not better. Yeah. What did you make of the way we played that first half, Mal? I know Connor's just touched on it there, but for me, the passing was was a lot quicker and slicker, and um, it was pretty evident that because we weren't playing with the target man, we were trying to keep it on the deck. It just shows we have players that can play good football, doesn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. It was it was a proper breath of fresh air. You know, my my lad made a really um, astute comment when we were watching that first half an hour forty five minutes in that a lot of these lads are playing under 23s against Premier League two sides. So you could argue that, you know, sometimes the type of football they have to play is more like that. So you, you may well get that out of them. Um, but I thought it was, I thought it was, as, as Connor said, you know, very creative, very ambitious, you know, typical young lad football. They're happy to have a go and not be too nervous. Um, so yeah, the first half was cracking and, you know, the second half wasn't quite as good, but the, those injury based substitutions made a hell of a difference, I think. Yeah. Okay. We won't waste too much time. Then we'll get straight on with the player ratings. And I'll start with the goalkeeper who I think played okay today, Anthony Patterson. I know he conceded twice, but I wouldn't say I wouldn't say either goal were his fault. I saw more from Money Son and debut, more good things than perhaps I would put in the negative box. I think he came out and claimed his cross as well. His kicking was good. He made a couple of good saves in the first half, but overall a decent enough performance. So I gave him a six. It's it's fair enough, isn't it? He didn't really have a lot to do. So we'll move along. Uh, Brandon Taylor, Connor, he. It comes in for a bit of criticism at times. Does Brandon Taylor when he plays in these games? How did you think he played today? I thought he he did okay. Um, I, I gave him a, a five. I mean a five. I think same. some people think that's yeah. A, yeah. Some people think that's a bad rating, but ultimately a fives he didn't do particularly much right or wrong. Could he have been at fault? Uh, for the first goal maybe, but I didn't. I didn't necessarily put that one on him. I thought it was because we lost younger, who we'll touch on. He came mm. out of left centre back at that point, and you think. If he's playing, the likelihood is is that man will be tracked coming in the box. So mm. I gave him a five. I didn't think I think Taylor has been one of the few twenty three players who played who hasn't quite impressed when he's been given a chance. Mm-hmm. But it's difficult being a defender coming in and playing these sort of random games. So you don't want to hammer him too much. But yeah, I gave him a five. Yeah, the only real mention he got during the game from Danny Collins was for that first goal. He he said he felt he could have slid in and and stopped the cross, but. I wasn't so sure. I think don't really. I couldn't really put any put any blame on Taylor for that. Uh, yeah. Malk next up is Jordan Willis. I think he, to be honest, I think he looked injured right throughout the game. I don't know about you. Yeah, I mean he, he's he's always Mister Solid, isn't he? Uh, but he didn't quite look. Um, I, I think he was probably playing at about eighty percent best. And as the game wore on, Fire. yeah, as the game wore on, if we'd have had subs left, he would have been one of the ones that was rotated off. I think. Um, but uh, but yeah, I I gave him a, a six and a half. Um, I don't think he did a lot wrong. He had a couple of sloppy bits towards the end, but I think that was him flagging in maybe him. Um, you know, as as it was made comment on the commentary itself, you know, maybe he's carrying a bit of a niggle that hasn't quite cleared yet. Uh, so I, I gave him a six and a half. Uh, I think that could be rounded down to a six or up to a seven, depending on how much you like the guy. Oh yeah, I, I went with the five, and uh, to be honest, mainly because of the the situation which led to him getting the yellow card. He he was just so slow, lost the ball, gave a daft foul away, and then give got given a yellow. But then that made us think: is is he injured? Um, because of the three subs we made, I don't th- I don't think he would have played a full ninety under usual circumstances. No, I agree. Although, although I I thought that yellow card was harsh, and I thought even with the bad touch, it was a fifty fifty, and they both got the ball. So. I didn't mm-hmm. think he deserved a card for that, but it's a it's a matter of opinion, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, right next up, Oliver Younger. Like I touched on earlier, I thought he was quality. He was other than maybe Hamilton and Dan Neil in that first half, the big shining light for me. You just I loved the way he 
he just threw himself at everything. He could have had a great goal when he when he the diving header at the back post from Embleton's cross uh, hit the crossbar. The underside of the bar it would have been a fantastic goal on his debut. And uh, I think we really missed him when he went off. Uh, we, yeah. we just didn't defend in the same way once he went off. He, like I say, threw himself at everything. When he received the ball, it was great to see his body open up and move, moving it around. It. He looks like somebody who's played senior football and then people who have done a little bit of research on him will have seen he has got some experience playing first-team football, um, I think, in Ireland before he came to Sunderland. So, yeah, I was I was happy with what I saw from him and I hope his injury's not too bad because... With all the problems we're having defensively, you never know. There might be a place opens up for that lad. So I gave him a seven and I, uh, sorry, a seven and a half. And um, he could, he, I like to say, he could have been man the match had he stayed on the pitch because I don't think we would have fell apart in the way we did. Next up, Jack Diamond, Connor. The thing with Diamond is that sometimes I enjoy his attacking play, but I think his final ball is often not very good. I think often he hits these sort of passes across goal that are very easily defended. And sometimes you've got to think, we know we don't have men that like to run into the box we don't have them late runners coming in I think Danny Collins mentioned that tonight on the commentary the fact yeah. that people weren't getting in the box so does Diamond have to rethink how he approaches his wing play maybe uh, I think defensively he's always okay you know considering he's not really a natural defender I don't think he ever really lets her down in that spot and uh, I, I give him a six yeah I marked him a little higher but I did see that Jimmy on the side also felt he, he had a, a bit of a Jack and Hyde performance I gave him a seven and a half I thought I thought he's um just some of his crossing was great, some of it wasn't, but I do like Jack Diamond. I like the way he has a go. Uh, okay, George Dobson Malk. He he bit of a strange situation which which developed in the game. There we had a defender on the bench. Party decided instead of bringing the defender on, he would move Dobson to centre half. So yeah, bit of bit of a strange one for him. He was playing all right up until that point, wasn't he? I agree. Yeah, and and I think that was a bad decision by the the bench and the management staff because he was having one of his better games. You know. He had a he didn't have the best start, a couple of loose passes early on, but then, you know, great ball twenty four minutes in, you know, he was making runs. There was one run just after half time where or just just before half time where he made a cracking run and he just needed to release the ball down the wing. Uh, when he didn't he didn't let the ball go. So, you know, improvements possible. But I I gave him a six and a half. Um and I think when he was moved into the defensive threesome uh, we lost a lot of that midfield linkage that he was kind of giving us in between mm-hmm. the young lads at the back and the attacking midfielders. So once that happened, you know, you could see the shape was wrong for us to get back into it, really. Uh, but yeah. he, did, he did well, you know, he, he did more for himself than he did on Saturday by a long way. Uh, so six yeah. and a half for me. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not his biggest fan. I don't make any secret of that. But tonight he did OK. And like I say, I feel I felt a little sorry for him in, in that he was moved back. And it was a strange decision from Parkinson to do so. Like I say, anybody who watched the 23s play on Friday against Wolves will have saw Patrick Almond play very, very well in that game. And I'm just surprised he didn't come on, especially with the three injuries we had. Um, I was expecting him to come on when Dunn came on. I was expecting it was pretty much a straight swap for, for Younger. Didn't come on. Um, Then the second injury to Dunn, I thought, well, move McFadzian back and bring Almond on. He didn't do it. And then the third change, he doesn't bring him on again. He brings on a midfielder and moves Dobson into defence. Just didn't make a lot of sense to me. Like I say, I think maybe numbed the amount of impact that George Dobson was able to have. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up is Elliot Embleton, which is mine, and he was my man of the match. 8 out of 10. Thought every one of his set pieces was dangerous. Um, he took his man on consistently. And Danny Collins talked a lot about this, about how he goes off either foot and he's just so unpredictable when he runs with the ball. 
he must be a nightmare to defend against at times. Um, I'm really glad to see him come back and just uh, almost immediately show why people think so highly of him. So that that's the one shining light from the game for me is that Elliot Embleton was great and I can't fault his performance. So he gets an eight, eight for me. Yeah. Um, like I say, the the whole team in the second half struggled to to really impart themselves on on the game. That was because of all of the all of the defensive problems we had uh, with injuries and what have you. Um, but even still, Embleton was still a danger. Next is Daniel Connor. So I thought kind of to fit the whole midfield together. I thought Dobson had probably his best game for a long time in a Sunderland shirt. And I think that's because he was playing with Daniel and Embleton in there and they certainly helped him going forward, but they're also quite industrious and they're a bit more, uh, well, they're not as one-dimensional as Max Powers became, which is normally the guy Dobson's kind of slotted next to. So I think you could see there that maybe Dobson's getting hampered by the style of play when he is next to Max Power. So I thought Daniel and Embleton really helped him. I gave Daniel a seven. I think seven's maybe a little bit too kind because in the second half, he was nowhere near as good as what he was in the first half. But first half, I thought he was... Him and Younger, for me, were the two players that really, really caught my eye. I already know that Embleton's a very good player, but seeing Dan Neal and Younger, the two of them, really put the authority on the game was very impressive. And I think Dan Neal is surely knocking on the door right now because you know we know how poor our midfield's been at times this season. And you just think that of the options we've got, Daniel's not worse than any of them players. So mm. I gave I gave him a seven, but I was impressed. His quality of passing at times was was really good, and he yeah, he just looks like a very very good footballer, a good technical footballer. Mm-hmm. I was going to say that yeah, probably the pass of the game came from him when he played a I think it was a fifty yard a diag to McFadzian, which just landed on his boot. It was outstanding. Yeah. Speaking of McFadzian, that's you, Mal. Um, how do you think the goal scorer played tonight? Uh, yeah, he did really well. Um, he's 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 had two games now where he's come on and had a chance to show what he can do, and he's been he's been pretty tasty in both of them. Um, arguably there was a touch of a deflection for his goal. Um, but you know he he made some good runs. Um, he he was quite strong. Um, in the tackle down that left-hand side when he was kind of covering across in defensive duties from time to time. Uh, he was involved in loads of stuff. You know, a lot of what we were doing when we had that first half hour that we were really bossing it, he, he was involved in triangular little passes and one-twos. Um, I gave him a seven and I was quite disappointed when he went off 60-odd minutes, I think it was, wasn't it? Um, yeah. Because, um, again, that changed the defensive shape on the back left-hand side and... Uh, to credit to Fleetwood, you know, they, they chucked one of their quick lads in that corner and recognised that we've had to rotate two or three different players uh, mm. and took advantage of that. You know, a lot of their attack and football ended up being down that side. But yeah, he, he did really well. I hope he isn't injured too bad um, because we still need that cover for Hume. And as I said on a previous pod, I think he's got the capability to really challenge Hume if Hume's having a bit of an off day. So seven for me and, and another good run out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree with all of that. I think he's he's proven in the last two games he's good enough, and uh, it's just a shame that he that he's that he's injured. Like you're saying, I think it was his injury which led to their second goal. In fact, it came from him pulling up because he had yeah. to just his hamstring went, so he stopped dead. The kid flies down the wing and passes basically, and the, the, I mean there was more Fleetwood players around the box than there was, was Sunderland, yeah. and it all came because usually your full back would at least hold that player up for a little bit, and the rest of the team would drop deeper and get back and because he just stopped dead because of the injury the goal came 
and but it would be harsh to to blame him. He, he got injured, yeah. and let's just hope it's not it's not a bad hamstring injury as we've seen this week with Benji Kempioka, which is the worst possible kind of hamstring injury. Yeah, um, terrible. That, you know, yeah. Uh, let's just hope it's not that bad. Uh, next up is Josh Hawks, and I think that's me. To be honest, I didn't see much of him in the game, although he was involved in the first, in our goal. He he played the pass to O'Brien. I mean, I'm sure we'll get on that because he's next O'Brien, but he played a nice pass to O'Brien, which eventually ended up with McFadzian. And uh, there was a couple of times as well where rather than whipping the ball in like he was, Embleton was playing them short to Hawks, and Hawks' crosses was, were quite good as well. But he was quiet other than that, I think. And he was one of many players who we just didn't see much of second half because of everything that had gone on. So I gave him a six and I think I might have been a bit kind there. But um, it was his debut and he I couldn't say he did anything wrong. So I think six is about right. Uh, last but not least from the starters, Connor is Aidan O'Brien. Yeah. I mean, let's just talk uh, about that touch for the building. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, I sort of want O'Brien... Because when he signed, I was excited about him coming in. I thought it was a good bit of business. I thought it was logical. You're getting a player from the championship who's played you know, reasonably well at that level and their fans were a bit disappointed that he left. So I was looking forward to him coming in. But every week, I'm getting more and more deflated watching him. I gave him a, a four today. And he's in the territory now of becoming one of these players which has got a reputation of fans of just not being particularly very good. And it's hard to defeat that reputation. You know, I think Conor McLaughlin suffered with this last season. And he's came in this year, and to be fair to him, he's done a good job. But he still has that air of fans just thinking, you know, they don't particularly rate him too high. Yeah, yeah. O'Brien so far has just been very poor. I've not, I don't particularly know what he is. You know, is he mm-hmm. a winger? Is he a target man? He's not a poacher because he, he certainly isn't getting in the right positions or, or has the finishing ability. So mm. I don't know what it is with him. I don't know if it's, you know, is he one of them players that relies on a crowd? I don't know, but yeah. I'm just more and more disappointed. So I gave him a four a day. I just. I don't see how he's fitting into the system. Yeah. Okay, I'll rattle off the rest. Then those are the subs. Q and Dunn, impossible to mark him, so I gave him nothing. Uh, Vinny Steeles and Sam Wilde, and I just gave them both a five because it's hard to really judge them on what had happened. Um, I don't suppose anyone will disagree, so let's just round off with the man of the match. Uh, Malk, I'll let you no, start. No, no, I've got to rate Philip Parkinson, surely. Well, yeah, okay. We'll go with the man of the match first. Yeah, so I agree with your comments about Embo. I thought he was cracking. I actually gave him an eight and a half for the first half, Gav, because I thought he was yeah. he was a, a class above. And in the second half, even though we weren't really offering much, he was still, you know, creating things. So, so yeah, Embleton for me. And, and I really look forward to him getting into the first team because nobody can argue he deserves it after that. Connor, I'm guessing you're going to agree. So we'll let, yeah, we'll let you we'll let you mark uh, Phil Parkinson. Go on. <laughs> Uh, I would I would give Phil Parkinson uh, a probably a five tonight. I was happy that he gave a lot of the younger players a chance today, but I can't help but look at the team and wonder if any of them players will get a chance at the weekend. Um, mm-hmm. And I know it's silly to mark a manager on his rating for this game on that basis, but I just feel like he's going to completely ignore the performances in this game and go with his tried and trusted mm. uh, parky ball mundane football at the weekend. And also I've got to wonder what, happened at half time because a lot of that intensity of the first half vanished yeah. and i yeah, can only yeah. imagine that that was something that was said at half time of calm down yeah, or park the bus yeah, yeah let's try and win this one sure you know have we got a little bit of experience here to kind of you know see mm. the game out so you know maybe he didn't do that at half time but it just felt like that that must yeah. have happened yeah and i think you've got to factor in what was said earlier about the dobson decision moving them into defense yeah it was another strange one so yeah i'm not going to disagree with you Anyways, let's try and move on from this. We've got a 
another game on Saturday. So hopefully, when we come back after the MK Dons game, we're all full of high spirits and we're not disappointed about losing back-to-back games to Mansfield and Fleetwood. And adding to that, a defeat against MK Dons. Eh? But uh, we'll see. Okay, thanks lads for joining us. And of course, everybody, uh, iTunes, Acast, Amazon, YouTube, Spotify. Make sure you subscribe wherever you catch us. And of course, we will catch you all down the road. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.